Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode zero of a brand new wrestling podcast called This Wrestling Life. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, and this podcast will be a monthly installment on the Pop Break Radio Network. And of course, you can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify under the Breakcast hub of podcasts of our radio network. Now, this is, like I said, it's going to be a monthly podcast where myself and my co-host, Pop Break staff writer and comedian Melissa Jobin, will be talking to like-minded wrestling fans, uh, talking about their love of pro wrestling. Now, if you've ever heard me on podcasts talking about wrestling, I can be um, very critical of it, and I can be negative sometimes, but I can also be super positive. But we're not going to be doing a lot of criticism or critiquing of like uh, modern pro wrestling or talking about predictions for pay-per-views. No, this is going to be talking about what we love about wrestling, our history with pro wrestling, as well as putting over someone we feel never got their just desserts in pro wrestling, someone we consider super underrated, and we want to champion that person. We want to, I guess, in the parlance of wrestling, put them over and just talk about how great they are. And we want to turn people on or turn people fans onto these people. And what I'm going to do in this, I guess, episode zero slash dark match of a podcast episode is just kind of introduce the segments we have on this podcast and also you'll learn a little bit about me and my love of pro wrestling. Now, it's ironic that I'm recording this tonight, which is April 11th, a Sunday night, probably about 20 minutes after night two of WrestleMania 37 concluded. And uh, like I said, I am known to be a little hard on WWE at times, but I have to say that was a really, really fun two nights. If you haven't seen it, if you were on the fence about seeing it, I definitely recommend go checking it out. Sign up for that free month of Peacock and uh, yeah, check them out. The main events were, were terrific. Some really good stuff on the under, undercard. There was some stuff I didn't like on there, but yeah, who, who cares, man? Like, if you've ever listened to me talk about stuff I don't like about WWE, you know exactly what matches those are. But yes, go check out Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks as well as Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Those are worth the price of admission alone. However, again, uh, this is not a critical podcast talking about current events. This is going to be talking about our love and history of pro wrestling because, you know, frankly, I've, I've wanted to do a pro wrestling podcast for a long time, but wanted to make it different, wanted to not just make it about predictions. I wanted to be positive because there is a lot of negativity in the pro wrestling fandom out there. And I just was like, hey, man, let's just talk about stuff we love and just kind of reminisce and, you know, have some, you know, a nice nostalgia trip. And our guests on this podcast will include writers from thepopbreak.com. You'll also uh, be hearing some from people who might not be 100% affiliated with the site, but you've heard on podcasts before, people from the music industry, people from the television industry, uh, you know, social media content creators and podcasters and YouTubers. It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we got a pretty uh, wide array of guests uh, lined up. Well, at least I have that wide array of guests lined up in my head. I just haven't asked people yet, but I'm pretty sure they'll do it. Um, so let's get into the segments. And uh, the first segment we're going to do every single week with our guest is going to be a segment called Coming Down the Aisle. Of course, if you were a old-school WWF fan or NWA fan, you know, 
wrestling fans coming down the aisle, and that's when the wrestlers would be introduced. And so that's where we're going to introduce our guests and kind of get their background on pro wrestling. For me, I'll try and make this long story very short. Um, I am almost 40, and I started, I have been a fan for about 33 years. Maybe. Yeah, roughly about 33 years at this point. I am actually a fourth generation pro wrestling fan. Um, and it started with my great grandmother, uh, my dad's grandmother, uh, who lived upstairs from them in the two family house they lived in the Bronx. And her and her daughter in law, which is my dad's mom, they used to watch wrestling every single week. And they'd have a couple beverages and hoot and holler and have a great time. Sounds like me anytime I'm at a show or watching TV, uh, watching wrestling. And apparently she had this preternatural gift to predict every winner. Correct. She, she just knew who was going to win every single match. And my, uh, my dad's mom, she would watch it too. And she would have a great time. In fact, there's this famous story in my family that my grandparents did not have a lot of money. And one day my grandfather came home and there was a brand new set of pots and pans all over the floor. And my grandfather was like flabbergasted at what happened. And he's like, we don't have this type of money. And my grandmother confidently said, don't worry. Gorgeous George's brother-in-law sold me these. Everything's fine. And for people who don't know, Gorgeous George, he's one of the most famous pro wrestlers uh, like from the 1950s, super influential on guys like Ric Flair, Buddy Rogers, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, then my dad would watch wrestling for, throughout his life. You know, growing up in New York, you know, obviously he had everything happening with the WWF, probably even before it was just Capital Sports. Um, you know, and he was a big fan of guys like Pedro Morales and the famed luchador Mil Mascaris and Tony Atlas and Ivan Putzky. And then he would just keep watching it. And for me, I knew wrestling before I even watched it. You know, like many kids, I knew who Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper were from cartoons and I had the LJN figures, but I never really watched wrestling before. That was until one day my dad had on, I believe it was a Royal Rumble. It was on free on USA and it was Harley Race and Haku, and that was the first match I ever saw. And from there I was hooked, and from that, from 1989, I think that was, I could be wrong on the date, but I was watching WWF Superstars and Fox every Saturday morning after cartoons. Then my dad and I were flipping through the dials one time and found what was then the NWA, then it became WCW, it was a class of champions. And the first match we saw was the Freebirds, versus the Steiners with Missy Hyatt and Nancy Green in their corner. Main event was Ric Flair and Sting versus the Great Muda and Dick Slater, and both my dad and I were hooked from then on. And from there, I would find anything when I was a kid. Uh, World-class championship wrestling, AWA, USWA, Continental, Global, and then, of course, as I grew up, ECW, Ring of OG Ring of Honor guy, TNA, Jersey All-Pro Wrestling, all the local indies, and now... To this day, still watch WWE. Like I said, just finished WrestleMania. What big AEW fans. So that's where I am with my wrestling fandom. <laughs> Trying to get my uh, six-year-old into it to be a fifth-generation fan. But I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. Um, but yeah, so... And it just I don't know what it is about pro wrestling that I've always loved. It's always been this great escape for me. Um, no matter the time or place in my life. And uh, it's, I always just found it to be fun and thrilling and this great uh, blend of theater and comedy and action and, and sport. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. And yeah, I know 
the big dirty secret about it being the F word. But I uh, also know that it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And during a lot of rough periods in my life, like I've turned to wrestling as a, a really fun escape. In fact, remember when I was in high school, even my dad and I had a lot of, we had a huge falling out for a, a better part, almost two years. And one of the only things we ever really could bond and talk over and actually help repair our relationship was pro wrestling. That was during the uh, attitude era. So, you know, and luckily at that time, wrestling was on almost as it is starting this coming week. It was on every single night. So I had something to talk about with my dad every single night. And it was pretty cool. And that's how we kind of mended fences over the years. Um, that got a lot more serious than I thought it was going to be, but it's true. And that's why I stick with wrestling. I, I, I love it. And uh, yeah, it's helped me through some dark times and keeping my mind off of things. But the next segment we want to get to, it's not going to be a smooth transition, I apologize, is uh, let's put them over. Well, that could be, you know, and I figure that could be something in a segment we might keep, we might not keep about match recommendations. So I kind of blew it already because I mentioned matches that you guys should watch uh, from WrestleMania this weekend. Of course, the one I didn't ma- mention, which I think was my favorite, was Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn in a very ROH slash PWG style match. Very cool. One of the better matches I've seen from those guys in in a, in a hot minute. And I guess the other recommendation I have is go check out Chris Jericho's interview on the Broken Skull Sessions with Steve Austin, which is now streaming on Peacock. Uh, it was originally supposed to debut after WrestleMania, but it actually debuted earlier this afternoon, and I got a chance to watch. I think I've watched about 60% of it, and it's it's just wild because you see Jericho, who I've interviewed twice, and is an amazing interview. Um, he's just openly talking on a WWE program about AEW. And, um, which, I mean, if anyone had that on the 2021 bingo card, I don't think, uh, you know, you are, you are a much smarter man than I and I, or a woman, and I would love to have you make some bets for me or play the stock market because I don't think many, if any people saw that one coming. And, um, yeah, it's really great because it's not just, you know, Jericho talking about AEW or venting his frustrations about WWE. It's really about his career. He talks about Mexico, talks about Japan, talks a lot about WCW. And they really go into some cool WCW stuff like uh, his early lists with the famed armbar <laughs> comment with, you know, he's making fun of Dean Malenko, uh, talking about Ralphus and his Goldberg parody, and then talking how he got to WWE and going to Vince McMahon's house. These are all really, really cool stories that, like, if you're a wrestling history fan, this is something you definitely need to check out because it's, like, very unique. And Austin asks great questions. Jericho gives great answers. And, yeah, it's it's two hours, but it breezes by. Definitely recommend that. So that's what I'm putting over this week. Um, and I guess I could put over some stuff from AEW this week. I mean, generally, I think most stuff from AEW you should watch. Uh, I just can't really remember Dynamite off the top of my head at this moment. I'm sure I will for next time. Um, and then the final segment of the podcast will be if I had the pencil. And if I had the pencil is something is if you don't ever you don't know that phrase, it's just like the pencil is used as a term for booking. And so it, people like to say, well, if I had the pencil, if I was booking, this is what I would do. And in this segment, we're going to champion a wrestler. Um, that we feel is underrated or does not get the love they deserve. And for me, I'm going to go, since it's just my turn to do it solo, I'm going to talk about a guy who 
I don't think ever really has gotten his fair shake of just how great he is. And it kind of ties into this weekend. So the person I'm going to talk about is a wrestler by the name of Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn is currently a producer slash coach for AEW. And he's actually been immortalized on their tag belts. Um, they actually have a side plate where he's a wrestler doing a cradle pile driver. And supposedly that is, actually, it's not even supposedly, it was modeled after Jerry Lynn. Uh, Jerry Lynn's a guy, First, I first saw him in the early 90s in uh, a promotion out of Dallas called Global Wrestling Federation, GWF. And he often would tangle with this dude called the Lightning Kid. And the Lightning Kid would be his great rival all over the country, and that man is actually Sean Waltman, a.k.a. the 123 Kid, a.k.a. 6, a.k.a. X-Pac, who just went into the Hall of Fame for the second time this weekend. And uh, he and Jerry Lynn would, had a great rivalry, and they tore it up all around the world. And, man, when they were in global together, it was it was wild to see what these guys could do. And I know these guys you know, uh, traded the light heavyweight belt there for a while, but, you know, I saw Jerry Lynn, liked him a lot then, but then he kind of disappeared until he showed up in WCW under a mask as Mr. JL. And I remember, the, I remember, I was like, wow, this guy is great. And then I heard, I don't know if I saw it on the internet, like early days of the internet, it was Jerry Lynn. And I was like, oh, JL, Jerry Lynn, duh, should have got that. And the only match I remember him was he did a match with Sabu. And that was, people might not remember, Sabu was in the early days of Nitro in WCW and he fought uh, JL. And then it wasn't, and I remember he popped up again in WWF, and then it wasn't until, and this is such a weird way I saw this, but uh, the first time I ever saw ECW was in high school in, in a religion class. I had this scripture class with a, a brother, we had brothers teach us, um, and it was scripture class and this brother, Brother Paul, he was a physics teacher by trade. And there were some days Brother Paul didn't feel like teaching. So he's like, if anyone has a movie or a tape or anything, let's put it in. So one time this guy put in his backyard wrestling tape. That guy's now a cop. And um, another time this kid, Dave, he, uh, he was like, oh, I got this tape of this ECW show. And it turns out it was in Convention Hall in Asbury Park, which ironically Pop Break would throw a show at in 2017. Uh, I believe, yeah, 2017, we threw a St. Patrick's Day show, uh, and I was a DJ on that one, and I ended up singing with the U2 Tribute Band, which is a podcast for another day, let me tell you, and, um, but anyway, this was 1999, I was living dangerously in 1999 from the convention hall in Asbury Park, New Jersey, um, and the, the match I'm referencing is the first ever Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn match, and of course that match is one of the most historic and one of the most famous and one of the most awesome matches in ECW history, in my opinion. And of course, this is very timely since Rob Van Dam was like uh, like X Pac was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this weekend. So Jerry Lynn, two of his greatest rivals, make the WWE Hall of Fame. It should come as no surprise because, hey man, he helped make that feud and another guy he helped he helped make famous or helped make one of their legendary feuds was AJ Styles who just won the ta the raw tag team titles with his partner Amos they won it from the new day so yeah he is a fundamental part of three hugely influential hugely famous and hugely popular wrestlers but what i loved about Jerry Lynn especially in his ECW days was 
it was funny. I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about Becky Lynch, and they were saying what made Becky Lynch so believable, so dynamic, was every time she would do hit a move or go for a pinfall, there was this air of desperation that she had to win, that she needed to win, that she was desperate for the win. And that was something I always felt like with Jerry Lynn. Every move he did, he was fighting his past. He was always the guy who had the talent but never made the team, never made the big time. He was he didn't make it big in WCW. He didn't make it big in WWE. And in fact, he, even when he left, when ECW closed and he went to WWE, he did win the light heavyweight title but was soon dis- discarded. Would end up in NWA TNA, which just became TNA, and then was a ba- the backbone of the X division there, of course, as both a wrestler then producer. But in ECW, he had these amazing matches with RVD, amazing matches with Lance Storm, and, um, well, Super Crazy, and Steve Carino, and Just Incredible, and they were just, he would just see him, everything he did had meaning and purpose, and he wanted, and that purpose was to win. And it wasn't just to do cool moves. He did everything because he was desperate to win. It felt like he was fighting father time because he was a little older at the time. And he wanted to just prove everyone wrong. There was something about him that made his matches so dramatic to me. And he made everyone he wrestled look amazing. I just mentioned three guys he uh, like who were like Hall of Fame dudes and plus some other guys Ain't no slouches like Lance Storm and Steve Carino. And I'm not even talking about some of the guys who wrestled in TNA, like the Amazing Red and Low Key and others that he had terrific matches with and put helped put them on the map. This guy was a kingmaker, if there ever was one. And um, I think one of, one of the most influential guys in wrestling that people don't really realize how influential he was. So if you're going to look for Jerry Lynn matches, definitely check out any of the RVD Jerry Lynn matches, whether it's uh, Living Dangerously 99, Hardcore Heaven 99, um, um, Guilty as Charged 2001, there's a random Sunday Night Heat episode they did. I know on Impact Plus there's an RVD Jerry Lynn match. Oh, if you can go on Impact Plus or you have the uh, Fight Network, definitely look to see if they have anything with Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn with The Amazing Red, Jerry Lynn with Low Key. There's a lot, I think, Jerry Lynn, Chris Saban. Yeah, there's some really great things in there. So definitely look up there. And if you're on YouTube and you want to look up some of his stuff from Michinoku Pro where he is under a mask, like there's some really, really cool stuff on there. And, of course, the stuff with the Lightning Kid, which was, of course, X-Pac. So, yeah, that's that's who I – if I had the pencil, I would have had Jerry Lynn be a hell of a lot more famous because he might have been the flashiest dude in the world, but he was one of the best workers I've ever seen in the world, man. So that's a really – condensed version of what we're going to be doing on this podcast. Um, we're going to be dropping once a month. Date to be determined. I believe this is going to drop two, once. Uh, it's going to drop on Tuesdays, I believe. But if that changes, of course, we'll let you know on thepopbreak.com and all our social media, which, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at thepopbreak. On Twitter, uh, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled on Facebook, at thepopbreak on Instagram. Of course, uh, you can follow all our other podcasts, which include uh, Popbreak TV, uh and the winner still is the way to early Oscar podcast. Those are all on Apple, Google, Anchor, and Spotify. And of course, I am the co-host of the Socially Distanced podcast with Al Manorino and myself, and we talk about all things pop culture. Right now, we're in the middle of our Falcon and the Winter Soldier review series. You can find Socially Distanced on all the platforms I just mentioned. So, thank you so much for checking out 
the time out of your day to to uh, check out this dark match of a podcast and this wrestling life. Yes, if you're wondering, that is a, a parody on This American Life. You know, figured it was uh, it's clever. I mean, Pop Break was named after Point Break, so you know. Why not? Good dad jokes always uh, go over. So thanks a lot for joining us, and we'll talk to you next month.